right, guys, welcome to the Cleveland Moto Podcast. We're still indoors because uh, it's still COVID-y outside. The, uh, we're at, what, 359? I think so. I want to say so. 359. Yeah. Now, I've never met a podcast so bad at keeping track of its own numbers, but I believe I just dropped 358 the other day. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. So. Yeah. So uh, tonight with us, uh, to my left, I, I, there you go. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Me? Oh, him. Wait. Who am I pointing to? Johnny Mac? Yeah, I think Johnny Mac. <laughs> and, then, and then John point to somebody. Uh, okay. I might Dan. assume you're pointing to the wall, but I have a feeling Dan. that you're pointing to Dan. Dan. Oh, Dan Kroenke. And Dan point to somebody. Oh, wait, here, look. Oh, there he is. There he is. Uh. <laughs> uh steve sleepy that looks like a penis if you don't do it it does if you just catch you just catch the side of it coming in yeah you're in bad shape <laughs> so uh so just to bring people up to speed we are still without our our grumpy sewer guy yeah so he's not uh he's he's not ready for prime time no it's kind of sad. I did see him at work. Though. I went to pick up a circular saw from John and Steve's work the other day, and he seemed upright and doing things. And was okay. work, so he's doing stuff, but I think at night he's not feeling all that smooth. Yeah. But John will yeah. know better, right? I, I'm pretty good. I mean, I've been, you know, I'm rocking and rolling. But I never really felt that bad to begin with. Just mild symptoms, night sweats. I don't think I really lost my sense of taste or smell. And, uh, you know, I had some body aches and stuff like that, but whatever. I did like when I couldn't smell anything, I was ripping farts everywhere and my whole family hated me, but you can't smell it. So it's awesome. It's like, <laughs> you're just fucking doing your job, man. That's just vicious, man. Well, well you know. Yeah. But you if you got a superpower, flex on it. That's it, man. You got to look for the silver lining. Yep. <laughs> so... Uh, what you had? So to you were, well, Phil. You were asking if it was after, uh, after we you I met you at the compound to get the bikes, and it was. I just I happened. I was at the compound, and then Sleepy sent me a text message saying he tried to start the snowmobile blower, and the pool cord wasn't returning. So I was like, eh, all right, well, maybe I'll go over there. And I asked him if he wanted his SSR, and he exclaimed, yes. So at that point, I decided, you know what? I'll throw the SSR in the back of my car, and I'll take it over to Sleep Holes, Sleepy Shores. And uh, maybe we'll, uh, you know, have some shenanigans. So, you know... You know what? Most of the time, when you say when you say like, "Oh, honey, you know, I'm on my way home. I'm leaving work at, you know, 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. or whatever, and I'm on my way home," and you don't come home for another three hours, it's because you intentionally went to fuck off. In this yeah. particular case, I can confirm that John was actually trying to leave his job when I got over to the compound and broke the key off in the lock because the son bitch was frozen. And I made a Hail Mary call, like, there's got to be somebody out here because I have gone through all of my assets that I have with me, and I am not getting this master disc lock off of this fucking container. But John was literally, he was trying to go home. 
<laughs> now then after I caught him and made him not go home, then Sleepy caught him and made him not go home. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not hard to twist his arm, though, because then he comes and gets to play. And then the weird part is, is my wife seems to just love John. So if he comes <clears throat> over to play, I'm allowed to play, too. And she right. doesn't even get mad about it, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> well, then we fucked the whole yard up, broke shit, killed ourselves, did all this. But we ended up taking some straw out to a barn for her. And now we're heroes. Oh, she, good. Fuck. We could set the whole house on fire. As long as we do the one thing, she's fine. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, but we definitely confirmed. I think John drove his car on the pond and the snowmobile and fucking, I drove the dirt bike. So the pond is very rideable upon. Um, although uh, John did donuts with the snowmobile on the pond, which polished it. And then you cannot ride an SSR on that. I found out. Um, it, it, you can barely, you can barely even stand on it. It's so oh, really, oh shit. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so maybe I, if but we I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be, maybe good. if we get a few runs out there with the spikes on the tires, that'll chew it up a little bit. The spikes yeah. are needed though. I think I, I broke my pancreas and spleen. And uh, I, I think my leg is also um, not facing the right direction right now. We have some footage of it, but John, John was doing really good on this. Like he, he, he dominated it. We're like, I don't know if we can make it across or not. And he just fucking went right through the middle and said, fuck it. And went through it. And it was rock solid. So it was fun. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, what you didn't see was what you didn't see was me taking a couple little, uh, I took a couple of the corners off just to test it out before <laughs> I went for it. I'm like, I better just make sure that the you know, like little quickest, dis- you know, shortest distance between two points. And I'm like, well, that seems solid. And if, you know, me and that sled, the sled's 500 pounds. So me and the sled's almost 800 pounds, probably. Yeah. And then so I was the middle of good. donuts. So that was another 240 pounds. So we had a thousand pounds on the ice. No problem. How deep do you think that water is? I think in the middle it's 12 and a half feet. Okay. Maybe. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't think it was that deep. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, it's this morning so you, negative four. So, have you poked a hole through the ice to see how thick it is? No, it seemed like somebody was ice fishing, though, or something. There was one hole that kind of froze over, too. And the hole was four inches deep and it was frozen. So, that's where all the fish were trying to still breathe for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there, you might have an otter. <laughs> yeah, it might be. But I, I was super impressed. So people that don't or haven't ridden a snowmobile in a while, when, it, when you fucking punch that thing, it fucking wheelies. Like, it wheelies like you're seeing sky, and you got a foot of air underneath the front of that fucking thing. And my daughter, when she jumped on, I did it with her, and she loved it. Until her mom saw her do it. And then once her mom saw her do it, then she was like, I didn't really want to do that. But while she was doing it with me, she was squealing in delight and loving every second of it. Like, All I could say is if I was sitting in front of you on that fucking sled and you were doing that, I'd have pissed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> you have to admit, dude, that thing, that was the best 500 bucks you spent in a long time, dude. That thing's cool, man. Yeah, so far so good. We've already got a repair, though. The pool... Pull cords fucked up. We had to do a belt start. Literally, I, it took the belt off. Yeah, I had to take my belt off and wrap it around the variator and give it a yoink. Yeah, it got it started though. We might be belt starting it for the rest of its life though. Well, yeah. and once it's started, they you know if it's set up right and it just idles and runs forever, so be it. 
Yeah. yeah. It, it ran great after he got it. You don't stall it out because there's no clutch. Right. It's a variator. So as long yeah. as the idle's high enough and it's not creeping, you'll, you'll be fine forever. And it's yep. not really loud, which is cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think my neighbors would care, but at the same time, you can rip and it's not like, like the SSR was 15 times louder than the snowmobile. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I could, you were ripping around in the SSR and I was hearing like an echo, you know, off in the distance. Yep. <laughs> it sounded cool. Yeah, it's all right. I'm going to write back. I got my nature call. It, it was fun doing that little bit of riding today with John. Uh, it was it was great. I just needed that. It really felt good. But uh, yeah. I we made about a dozen laps, and it was a load of fun. Had a blast, and then I decided I was like, okay, well, I've had enough of this. Gonna put the bike away. Got, you know, got to go back to the shop and put a bunch of screws in the tires. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, the uh, driving out of our compound to where I had the truck parked because other vehicles have driven over that, it was a sheet of ice. I mean, it was under the little bit of snow that was there. It was just a sheet of ice. And when I pulled in and just lightly breathed on the brake, I just laid the bike out. And so I did a Superman and the bike fell down onto the you know throttle side. Everything was fine. It never even quit running, but I did the Superman. And then it wasn't until after I left that I realized I lost my glasses. My glasses oh, are back at the compound somewhere and my oh. keys. So my ring of keys is back at the compound somewhere. So, oh, no. I'll, yeah, be well, out there t- to, I'll be out there tomorrow. I work well, I've tomorrow. got a tile on it. So I've got a tile. And if I'm going to come out and have shenanigans tomorrow, I'm going to stop at the compound first and run around with my Bluetooth and see if I can activate the tile on the keychain. So okay. find it that way. So um, I've already got it set. So if somebody else with a tile goes near it, it'll it'll ping. So, but I don't think anybody else with a tile is going to be running around the compound. So, uh, Phil, how long did it take you to screw up one? My wife has one. So, to put screws in one tire, um, technically to do both tires, is 44, 45 minutes. And it's oh. 45 minutes, and it is uh, 125 screws in the back tire, and I believe 180. 90 screws in the front tire. The back is a 12 and the front's a 14. So, um, so you can did, just, you can just zip those right in. You don't have to do draw a pilot hole or anything no, like that. You just zip them right in and they're perfect because the screw actually fits in a bit holder. So it's that quarter inch drive. Uh, they're sharp as fuck. I mean, like once you've got them on the bike and you're on the wheels, be careful putting your hand on there. Cause the way they engineered that screw it's got a cutting surface built into the head of it. So yeah. if you put your hands on it, like careful, you're probably going to get cut. Uh, it is, they're, they're very edgy. So, uh, but yeah, I did 45 minutes and I did, you know, whatever that is, you know, 200 and or 300 and some odd screws. So yeah, about 315 screws per, t- per bike. So I did John's bike. I did my bike and I've got enough screws over to do one more bike, enough screws left over so we can order another set. Um, you didn't end up with a flat tire. I was a little worried. I wore my knobbies down a little bit. Okay. So I wanted to talk about that. Uh, that's a thought. Somebody may have been doing some smoky burnouts on their bike. Uh, (laughs) because if you look at my, I know my bike has been ridden a lot less than your bike's been ridden, but if you look at the tires on my bike, they're still square. I mean, the, the blocks on my tires are still square. John's blocks are, all look like wedges 
that very clearly like when he wears this tire out this direction he can take the tire off put it around backwards and it'll be very grippy for the other way basically you're making paddle wheels the uh but yeah so I initially I thought the 3/8 screws were going to be far too short uh when I was doing the rear tires but when I got around to your front tire it turns out that the 3/8 screws are absolutely perfect so I don't think I'd want them to be any longer for the front tires the back tires no problem. I'd say we can go up to a half an inch. It's not a big deal. But yeah, so I've uh, I've already ordered in another kit of screws. So you know, we'll see how much we'll see how much fun that is. But I mean, if if I can get out there tomorrow, anybody wants to ride my bike, they can. Well, I'll be working. Maybe I'll try to go in early. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get, get out a little bit earlier too, you know. But I mean, I I'll won't probably... be there before noon, so you can just yeah. don't worry about that. It'll be well afternoon. The, uh, okay. yeah, but it's, uh, they went in pretty good. They went in pretty easy. Uh, I did a valve adjustment cause I haven't done a proper valve adjustment on that bike since I gotten it. Yeah, and man, they had tightened the fuck up. Uh, mm-hmm. there was almost no clearance and that's a machine like on something like that. I'm probably going to set the valves pretty big, probably 10 to 15, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah. and maybe 10 intake, 15 exhaust very much like a, like we do with the buddy motor. You know, um, that seems to be a really good, happy spot for those. Well, damn, man, they were at like zero. Uh, like I couldn't get my smallest gauge in. Like once I opened it and once I opened it and I put it in and I could I could kind of move. I couldn't move it up and down at all. I could kind of slide it, but mm-hmm. it was definitely you couldn't just punch it in. Uh, so they they had, as we know about you know, motor vehicles, machines from a certain country, um, you do, you should do a valve adjustment now. So, uh, we know mine had completely, completely closed up. So there was uh, Sparky and I both took a look at it. It was a, my battery's dying. Oh yeah. It was a wafer thin clearance on that valve. So just something for our friends out there that have these bikes. Um, they might want to have a look at that. I mean, and I don't know how many hours of riding that was eight or 12 hours of riding or whatever. So yeah. So that's something to think about. But other than that, super fine. Uh, my, I didn't have any Loctite on my, uh, idle adjustment screw and my idle adjustment screw had just backed all the way out. So that when I was going through giving the bike service today, I put a little drop of green Loctite on there. So I could make sure that thing doesn't work its way in or out. And cause I was running it on the choke today and I thought it was just because it was, you know, 18 degrees and that there's no air box on those bikes. It's just that big foam. That's just that filter. So there's really not a trapped, you know, trapped airspace. B what's the name of that cat? Elton. Elton. Like Elton John. No. That's a very, that's a very uh, fuzzy, very thick looking. Is that a gray, a Russian blue cat? I know that he's a gray cat. He's a very gray cat. Mm-hmm. My big, my big cat came over here and left something terrible on the floor right next to where I'm recording. And didn't, I mean, I don't know if I scared him out of the litter box or what, but he didn't cover it. Just off he fucked and like that was not cool he did not do me any favors whatsoever just a a mean friend a bad cat so 
I took care of it. Yeah, it's it's been buried and uh, had Febreze added to it. So now it smells like Hawaiian cat poo. Or pet cat poo in Oahu. So the uh, reports are back from the AIM Expo in Las Vegas. I was going to ask uh, you about that. The AIM Expo is over. Uh, they are doing it next year in Las Vegas oh, as well. They're doing it, I think, February through 15th through 17th. Um, talked to several different people who were there. Uh, general consensus is a lot of people that uh, had paid for booth space did not show up. But uh, companies like SSR, Benelli SSR, pit bikes were riding around. They did show up and they had a really fucking big booth there. So a lot of people have said good things about that. They've got some new bikes on display. Some of the um, QJ Benelli uh, motorcycles, the big 700 uh that adventure looking bike looks great. They get all kinds of stuff. It, but yeah, it, Suzuki looked like they had maybe seven or eight bikes in the booth. Not a big, but like they were the only other major manufacturer, you know, they were the only major manufacturer that was actually there. Yeah. So uh, it did, my one group of friends that was there said uh, we arrived and we were going to be good and we had our masks on. And the more that we kind of walked around, the more we realized we were the only people that had our masks on. And there was this weird psychology of like, because we were wearing our masks, it was making them feel bad because they knew they should be wearing theirs and they were getting the stink eye from people. So they were kind of like, yeah, you know, after an hour and a half or so, we all just decided, screw it, we'll take our chances, we'll take our masks off. So that's kind of the, that was the consensus. So I said, well, I said, was that the case with the whole show? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. He says, it was Vegas. What are you going to do? You know? Well, I think that it was just bad timing this, this year with, uh, with the Omicron thing. And yeah. it's probably why there were right, so many empty booths. Yeah, there was tons of empty booths. They tried real hard to get me to go out. They were going to give me two booths for free if we just showed up and just went out there. And, you know, that wasn't happening. So I punched out at the last minute. It just wasn't worth my time or wasn't interesting enough for me to take the chance of going out there. So the, uh, but yeah, I think that next year, uh, next year, if they work in the same thing, if they're in the same weekend as the SHOT Show again, which I can't imagine they would be, but if they are, we're definitely going to get media credentials for the SHOT Show and uh, go out and do a twofer on that one because that would be a lot of fun. Have a, just would have a blast doing that. So these firearms companies all made a lot of money this year. I mean, a whole lot of money. Um, bullets, guns, everything. So these guys all had massive profits, and they got to give that away in the form of marketing. And uh, that means that you weren't getting like a, a ballpoint pen that said like Glock on the side. You were getting like a hat and a, a backpack and a shoulder bag that said Glock on the side. So, you know, want to help these companies do anything they can to spend down that those overages, reduce their tax burdens by taking all the cool swag that they're willing to give me. So you were speaking of Suzuki. Did you guys see that link I sent over this week for the Suzuki Nuda? Yeah. I've never seen that before. That no. thing crazy it's really cool it is cool it's a really cool thing bring a uh, bring up a thing uh bring up an image for it yeah because it is pretty it is pretty damn cool uh just getting into all the bikes that it, that were out there and have existed uh it's weird when you think of those bikes that were in our country we barely got to look at them at all and it's it's fun the that stuff that ssr and benelli had in their booth there's so much stuff that we are never going to see from that company because it's not going to make it into the United States. 
Right. But they've got a retro bike that looks like a Royal Enfield. It's called the Imperial. I heard. I heard about Imperial 400. And yeah. That's so this was the new to concept bike did the show circuit, the Tokyo show and everything years ago. And it had centrifugal hubs and all kinds of shit, man. Yeah. 750 cc's, all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. But I mean, it's just, it's that idea of those prototype or, you know, shows like Tokyo motorcycle, Tokyo motor shore and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, and that was a that had variable geometry too, so you could push buttons on it, and it would change the stance and the ride height and everything on that bike, or at least if, in the concept. If you squint your eyes really hard, though, you can almost see the Hayabusa there. Yeah, I would say there's a little bit of a Hayabusa, and there's a little bit of the original Katana hiding in there too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So there's a little bit of the original Katana um, kind of stuffed in that bike. It's cool. So what is that? Is that a shaft drive? No, it was it was uh, it was chain drive. It was yeah. on the other side, so it had the disc and the chain on that side, and then the front was a centrifugal hub. Right, because I could see the disc on the other side and nothing on this side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a BMW. They got nothing on the one side and then everything on the other side. So I see it. But, yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. So I think tomorrow, if I can reconnect with this guy, I think – well, or Monday, rather, I'm probably going out to Pittsburgh to buy a – uh, 400cc Kawasaki uh, quad, an ATV oh. with a plow yeah. and uh, four-wheel drive, all the good stuff, 2,200 miles on it. And uh, the guy had video of it running and everything else and put a new battery in it, put to sell it, had it listed up for 20, 2,700 bucks or something. And then when I called him and I was you know, ch- chasing him down and he goes, it's, he goes, I can't get the damn thing to start now. So if you want it for 1,500 bucks, come and get it. Fun. So I feel like I kind of have to go get that. I mean, yeah, you, could, you could double your money even if it doesn't run. It's got a plow on it. I mean, and the plow kit looks nice. The plow kit doesn't look like it's been used very much. What size is it? 400 cc's. Yeah, that would be a nice ride. Seems like a safe bet, you know, automatic transmission or whatever, semi-automatic transmission with a four-wheel drive. It's, it's seems like a no-brainer. So I went, I went to New Philadelphia today to pick up my lawnmower that I got. Yeah. Um, which ended up working great. My little deck idea out of my fucking thing worked and, and Dan's things worked perfectly. But they're a CF Moto dealer and they had uh, probably about 10 or 12 dis- different quad runners and also um, side-by-sides made by yep. CF Moto and Kimco and all this other stuff. Yep. Some of those things are fucking nice, man. But yeah. They're like 7,500 bucks. They're not cheap. Right. Like they're bringing in a premium product, but I got to say, like I sat on it and the big thing for me was the plastic. I wanted to feel what the plastic felt like. Right. And they're very, very like top four, like the plastic's right. very Suzuki Honda ish. Like it's not shitty. Like, like that was the thing about like some of the Chinese quads and stuff in the old days is the plastic was still brittle and you can't See, have you know, CF Moto was guilty of that. CF Moto was absolutely one of the offenders 10 years ago when you would lay your hands on a CF Moto bike or scooter and you'd grab that plastic, you knew it was going to shatter if you moved it too much. Right. And CF Moto is not a small company. It's gotten very big in the past 10 years. And now CF Moto is KTM. So, you know, mm. that's real. I mean, that's that's where that product is. Yeah. So, you know, they've moved forward. The, the change in the Chinese uh, landscape has gone wildly to the positive in the past 10 years. Uh, 
CF Moto 10 years ago, I wouldn't have looked twice at a CF Moto. We had them trying to sell us their product over and over again. The, the one you may remember was a CF Moto, and I think they may have called it a V5 or something, but it was a motorcycle, but the motorcycle had a 150cc or 250cc scooter, variomatic belt drive drivetrain. So it was an automatic transmission motorcycle. Oh, yeah. And in the area where the motor was supposed to be, there was a storage locker kind of thing. Yeah. And they were deplorable. I mean, they were just crap. Everything on them, the metal was garbage. It was rusting by the time you opened up the crate. They were shit. They were absolute garbage. And uh, yeah, they're C5 or V5 by CF Moto. And yeah. they were terrible bikes. I mean, absolutely dreadful machines. So yeah, I don't, uh, I'm glad that we don't have to think about those so much, you know. But have, uh, you, have you considered carrying four wheelers at all? Like, or is that no. too much of a liability for you? Yeah, I'm not going to touch that stuff. Uh, it's first of all, it doesn't fit nicely anywhere in my shop. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it, it just doesn't, and it's never been the kind of thing that that works well in my shop. And I just don't have the square footage that I want to dedicate to it. Yeah. And uh, if I just, for me, it's, it's not worth it. I, I just have no desire to get into it. Nice. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it is a commitment. I'll tell you that, like this dude, they had, it's a power, it was more, more power equipment than power sports. So it was a lot of lawnmowers and shit like that. But so uh, there's the, I pulled it up. There's the CF Moto V3. Yeah. And there's the CF Moto C or CF Moto V5. So the V5, the one that looks like a cruiser bike, that has, you know, of course, the ubiquitous Chinese built-in speakers. <laughs> but both of these have CVT scooter drivetrains. So all this motorcycle business that looks like it's a motorcycle is all just fake plastic dressing. Yeah. But these things were abjectly garbage. I mean, they were probably the worst thing I've ever worked on. So, um, speaking of bikes with uh, uh, <laughs> containers where motors are, yeah. have you seen the Navi reviews? People are losing their mind over the Navi. They think it's the greatest fucking bike ever created by Honda. I will, I will stand firmly on my position that I have not written one yet, but I predict that even after I ride one, I will still think that it is second best to a buddy 125 in any category right well that's that's my thing it's like all these youtube reviewer guys are losing their fucking minds the funnest bike ever lowest price no no uh i don't feel bad driving in the rain and all this shit i'm like have you right. tried a buddy like a buddy there's no way it could, there's no way it could beat a buddy no. <laughs> and in this particular case i do not want to be the guy that actually buys one just to prove my point but you know that motor is a 7.8 and this is rated by honda probably at the crank 7.8 horsepower motor that puts out 50 miles per hour and so at with those numbers that is way worse than a buddy 125. that's way lower in power and speed any way you measure it um i'm just I'm not saying the Buddy is the greatest motor scooter ever built, but what I'm saying is the Navi, which is a motor scooter that's wearing motorcycle clothing, that the Navi's not 
even good. Like, I'm yeah. not going to say it's great. It's not great. It's not good. It's, and you're it's, losing the charm of a scooter. Like, you're getting sco- less than scooter performance without the step-through ability, without the ease. Like, it's just not a buddy. Like, I mean, or whatever, like a small scooter. It's just weird that people are... Well, just- it's, I mean, it's literally a modern-day version of, like, the Honda Express, the Nopeds. Right. Like, it's a. it's just, you know... It, I mean, it's better than those. That's for sure. Anything's better than those. <laughs> and that's exactly, I mean, we're just going to, all we have to say, if you're really concerned about what that is, uh, why is it important? Why is that bike even worth talking about? Like, why would we have a discussion? Why would we need to, you know, give the Navi any air? Why do we give that thing any oxygen at all? Because it's just, cheap. It's here's cheap. the reason. Do you know what the Navi MSRP is in India? It's got to be like a thousand bucks or something. Right? It's six hundred and thirteen dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Now at six hundred and thirteen dollars, now we can have a conversation. <laughs> what is we it? In the absolutely have a conversation. What? It's almost like it's twenty twenty eight hundred or two thousand or something. I'll tell you. But I mean, like at two thousand bucks, you're you're dipping your toe into um, um, TNT one thirty five area, right? Like that's what thirty five. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, uh, let me see what they say that is. That is a, a Navi. Yeah, I wouldn't. I was thinking that they're getting it for under two k. Yeah, so it's. 1807 but of course you got to remember that there's automatically a destination charge on there there's a freight surcharge of an additional 100 over whatever your dealer's charging which our local guy charges 600 for freight on those so your 1807 kind of real quickly turns up to about 2600 you know and that's uh, like the pre-tax and stuff price yeah. of a 135 right yeah you're in the same ballpark i mean there's no why would you do that that's stupid well, to me, it's a bite in the ass, too. If I know that the thing costs $631 in India, yeah, paying $2,000 for it in the United States, that just I just feel like a schmuck. Like I just feel like I'm being taken advantage of. Because yeah. in the United States, if it has Honda and the gas tank, it's shocking if it costs less than $2,000. And that's the only marketing they'll ever need to do is it's cheap. Right. right? But I, I'm just not... Yeah, call me a dick. Call me not a team player. Whatever. Honda's allowed to fuck up. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a fuck up. I'm sure somebody's going to enjoy that bike, but right, it's it's just weird to see motorcycle um, I, promoters or whatever you want to call them, influencers or something, losing their shit over this fucking bike. When Honda, like they, did, I didn't see the same thing when the Hunter Cub came out or the Cub right. or this other stuff. And you're talking about a thousand dollars more for a way better motorcycle in either case. You know what I mean? Like, take a six hundred and eighty dollar bike at MSRP. Take an MSRP six hundred and eighty bike, add five hundred to it for freight, which you're paying too much, but you know, in a container, you add five hundred to it for freight. Pay a customs or a tariff if you have to, which I don't think you do with India and then ship that thing to America, you can still sell it at 1500 and make a 40 point profit right. at 1500 bucks. So, and that's at a 40 point profit. 
If you're selling that thing at the 14 to 15 point profit margin where it should be, we in America should be paying about $1,100 for that bike. You're right. And that's giving Honda the, the, the invoice price or the, the list price, the, the, that price of $681, which is full MSRP in India. Right. So, you know, what's cost in India if the MSRP is 681? Well, that's it. So, I mean, like if they could bring, if they could actually get the price of that down to 1200 bucks, 16 out the door, then that would be like, okay, you're same kind of used buddy yeah. money or something. I'm like, okay, kind of, yeah. but. Yeah. And I still would have a better day riding a used buddy with 20,000 miles on it. You're right. Yeah. Right. Well, if exactly you go loose and fast, that fucker goes 75 if it had that many miles on it. <laughs> yeah. A, a buddy that's broken in that much is going to be very quick. And because remember, there's no advantage. Um, there's just, there's no, there's nothing about the Navi that makes it like so much better because it's still running a 10 inch tire. Like, right. you know, there's, there's not an attribute about the Navi that makes it so significantly or superior. Like it's not an ABS thing. It's, it's just all it is. It's, you know, in fact, it's drum brakes, you know, um, I don't think that it represents good value for money. No. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think that it's the kind of thing that I'm going to be like, oh, well, you know, I can understand the appeal of a monkey. I can understand the appeal of a Grom and everything else. But this is basically a motor scooter, not even a great motor scooter, a shitty motor scooter with some motorcycle body work on it. So, you know, hey, I'm, if you're into it, I'm glad you're into something. I'm you know, I'm excited. If, I'm excited that you're excited, but right. I don't want it. There's no part of me that wants to ride it. I'll but- be seen riding it. Right. I ride some dumb shit. <laughs> um, today, riding John's snowmobile made me remember that uh, a two-stroke, three or four hundred cc thing is a fucking monster. Like, <laughs> like when people talk about like motorcycles, they're like, "Oh, that's only two fifty. It's it's only a two fifty two stroke, or it's only a whatever three fifty two stroke." And that only has a contact patch of a motorcycle tire. Right now, you have a contact patch of a snowmobile tread. That shit is fucking crazy and still electric smooth. It's yeah. like two strokes have that smooth fucking like power delivery. Man, that I'm still fucking I'm I'm still you should, you should spend a couple of dollars and find some place that will take you out and, and take you out on rented brand new snowmobiles. Because mm. brand new snow machines are fantastically powerful. It yes. is it is light speed. There is no question about it. When you crack that throttle, they are gone. And, and it's it's way too much power. Well, and they're yeah. long wheelbase. You know, you're 140, 150 inch wheelbase. So yeah. yeah. Were we supposed Timber to- sleds, the mountain sleds that they're that are coming out. Yeah. They have four inch lobes, lugs on the fucking tracks. Yeah. And like you could do, yeah. you know, you're talking about doing a wheelie across your yard. They're doing a wheelie in 200 inches of snow up a mountain like what yeah it's, it's it's like thing. Not, they sound only- like a fucking air drill running <laughs> when you see it used to be a big deal when a guy would take a snow machine and he'd run a snow machine across the pond and you'd be like wow and now they actually have racing jet ski racing with with markers with buoys yeah. with snowmobiles and the snowmobiles are turning in 20 yeah. feet of water because that's how dominant that how much that's how much authority those belts have that they are a paddle wheel. It's a boat at that point. 
Yeah. I can send you a video of my 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 sled, a guy yeah. just fucking just like that. And I'm like, he's taking it down like this little river, like a little yeah. inlet. And he'll like sometimes he'll go up on the sandbar and then he'll just dive down into the water, yeah. just like wait. Yeah. It defies all <laughs> nautical principles. Yeah. <laughs> weren't we supposed to go? Maybe Hoffer when he's not dead anymore. Weren't we supposed to go to his cabin and fucking snowmobile or something? That was the whole we're all saving up for winter to go fucking in Hofford snowmobiling, right? Yeah. I'm, Steve's just out of commission. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Winter Steve, I guess. It's yeah. going to take him a minute to come back from this. Yeah. 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 I. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to inspire him, but yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. Well, and he's also been running like a madman for the past couple of years. So. Yeah. Well, I think right now he's he, uh, his one daughter's getting married, yep. so I think that's a big handful for him that he's dealing with. Uh-huh. I have a, I have a second elbow uh, now from the ice. From so cracking on the ice? Yeah, I had the original yeah, elbow and then the second one over here, which is nice. So I feel like we're going to want armor, and I feel like we're going to want like clothes that are going to be able to survive getting fucking spiked. I have got a really good, extremely thick walls, like one piece of walls mm-hmm. onesie. You know, it, mm-hmm. it puts any Carhartt I've ever owned to shame. And uh, mm-hmm. for getting down into like 20 degrees, you know, 10 degrees Fahrenheit, that thing is fantastic. Um, and I'm going to have that and I'm going to have like three layers of very thick shit underneath that. I would mm-hmm. suggest, too, if you can order in and I'm happy to pay for this. Um, if you can order in some cheap bark busters, it will <laughs> save us a lot of problems of broken fucking levers. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I have. I think I have two sets of bark busters at the shop right now. Okay. Um, I don't know, and you know what? I I believe at the shop right now too. I also have a couple of extra sets of levers and shit like that. All right. Um, that I should I should research or maybe grab them tomorrow on my way out. Yeah, because like if if I'm sure with spikes in the tires it's different, but without yeah. spikes in the tires, yeah, it goes from being vertical to not vertical in a less than like 0.1 second. Yeah. Like you don't even have chance to respond to what's going on. Yeah, I think spikes is going to be the answer for everything. So yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to put all the spikes in my bike. I just put about 40 spikes in before I talked to Merritt and, and came rushing home. But the uh, but John's bike is done. He's got all 300 and some spikes in his tires. So Woo-hoo. I'm going to work tonight. I got myself a present. I'm going to go grab it real quick. Show you guys what I got myself. Maybe we should have the first uh, the first ice racing test tomorrow since it's still going to be freezing and you have all your spikes in your tires. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why my, my phone keeps blinking like it's trying to white balance and I don't know. I don't know. I thought you were having a fucking party over there. Ooh, oh. look at that. Little I thought the police heat. were there. Yeah. Is that a heat machine? That is a heat machine. Nice. Made in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, from Mr. Heater. And uh these guys are on, on right there on uh, West 160th Street. And this is I've had a couple of other versions of these portable heaters and this runs on the one pound propane tanks the smaller ones and this will run about three hours but as you can see there's also adapters so you can you know hook it up to your 40 pound 
20 pound unit right there. So, and want, then it has a cook stove option. You can get a cook stove option, which actually clips under it. So you can carry it like all together with the stove literally parked right underneath the device right there. Well, if you want, so. I have as a present, if you want it, um, when I, before I knew what I had to buy, I ended up getting a, it's a, about a six gallon, which is about a 25 pound. So it's like double right. the size of a normal barbecue tank. Yeah. But I have that fucker filled and I own it. So if you need that, you can plug cool. that in and that fucker will run for like two days straight. Yeah. The, uh, what I just, it was funny because I went to Home Depot where I bought that. No one pound bottles. Walmart, got to have it at Walmart. Went to Walmart, no one pound bottles. Uh, and then eventually at Lowe's, all their displays were empty. They had one little small end cap that had a couple of one pound bottles on it. So I grabbed a couple of one pound bottles just... And I've got the refiller thing so I can refill the one pounders off of the traditional uh, propane tanks. That's the way to do it because they charge. Yeah, yeah let me uh, let me check my camping gear, too, because I used to have um, I had a T valve that goes on a big tank. Yeah. And then two hoses that go down to the, um, you know, the pro the uh, Coleman propane adapter. Right on. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool because they, they charge so much for those stupid little things. The little one pounders are about six bucks around here. Yeah. If you can get a good deal, you're getting two for 11. But the whole idea is if you have two, but then you have the little adapter so you can constantly recharge them. Yeah. So if you've got a, a 20 pound tank at home, you can refill, you know, 20 of these things. Yep. So, and they're real easy to refill. It's, it's not rocket science. You don't have to freeze them or anything else. You just turn the, turn the big propane tank upside down right. so that it's feeding the liquid propane into the one pound tanks. And then just do that until they fill up, then weigh them. And they should weigh, the, the tank empty weighs about 13 ounces. So when you have a pound in it, it weighs 29 ounces. You have a little scale set up, weigh it. And when it gets close to 29 ounces, you're done. It's full, you know? Well, I didn't realize how accurate King of the Hill was until I got out here and had to deal with actual propane people. So I went up to Linden Propane, who is our supplier for our, we have, all we run is our stove off of propane, but they still gave us like a 500 gallon or whatever. And it's not right. like the giant one. It's like a standard yeah. one where it's big, but I'm talking to the guy and I swear to God, man, this dude comes up. He's like, I'm, I'm here to fulfill your propane and propane necessities. And all I'm just like, Holy shit, you're Hank Hill, dude. Like that's <laughs> legitimately, it was great. Pretty cool. Check test, check test. You're there, Chris. Smith, Smith is here. Sorry. I'm late. So yeah. Dan and Chris, could one of you guys tell us what the hell event you guys were at last night that I needed to see both of your knees? <laughs> There's mini skirts and ball sacks and all kinds of shit going on. We went a little bit to, of shrinkage um, too. We went to the Robert Burns night dinner at Market Garden Brewing Company. Okay. I've been to it a bunch of times. Chris and I are pretty good friends with um, the co-owner and brewmaster there. Okay. And it was the eighth annual, so it happens, you know, right around Robert Burns' birthday, which I think is January 25th. Correct me if I'm wrong. And right. for those of those, obviously not me, Phil, or anybody else, but for those of you, the people that don't know who this guy is, because I totally, I could probably give you a complete essay on him, but just, just for those guys, if you can tell us who this Burns guy is. Well, if you ever... Saying old Lang Syme. Yeah, that's that's that pretty was much written it. by Robert Burns. Right. Uh, okay. He's a poet from Scotland uh, about the late 1700s. He's the most 
renowned uh, a bard of Scotland, and he is celebrated in United States and Russia and Scotland and around the world, really. Uh, so he's he's quite accomplished. And just to give you an idea, so the um, at 7 p.m. they started by piping in the haggis, <laughs> and then there was an address to the haggis. Yep. And then a uh, Selkirk Grace, whatever that is. Uh, and then the menu had traditional haggis, a curried haggis, roasted root vegetables, shepherd's pie, mashed potatoes, shortbread. And Dan, did you get any shortbread? I did not see the shortbread. No, I missed the shortbread. There was a dram of Glenlivet 12 for everyone and a pint of Market, Market Garden uh, Beastie American Stout. So that was what you got for your uh, ticket to get in. Okay. And then there were other whiskeys uh, on selection. Uh, there was a Glenlivet 12, a Balvini Doublewood 12. Um, there is a Langavulin 16, Johnny Walker Black Label, Dewar's White Label, and then Dan Kromke Backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I heard, I heard Smith, you brought the whole house down with one of your jokes. Can we hear what you told? Dan, you want to tell it or you want me to tell it? Oh, you got to tell it. So, so part of the deal is, is knowing your crowd. So the, the deal was a lot of people were getting up and, and reading uh, poems by uh, Robert Burns. And Andy Tavikar, my, our, our pal, actually read a poem that included the word C-U-N-T. <laughs> so, so that kind of set the bar. See you so, next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I went up there and I said, well, I, I don't have anything to, to uh, a poem to read, but the most famous Robert Burns uh, joke in the world is uh, Robert Burns walks into a bar and uh, he walks up to two ladies at the bar and says, are you two ladies from Scotland? And they tittered between themselves and looked at each other and turned around back to Robert Burns and said, Wales. He said, oh, excuse me, are you two whales from Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it got a few laughs and quite a few groans. <laughs> so I got, a, I got a question, Chris. What, what exactly were you wearing? What was I wearing? It appeared yeah. that he was wearing a kilt. That was not a kilt. Well, I mean, it, it, was, it looked like maybe it was a kilt or it was a tablecloth. It was a, it was a quilt or a kilt rental uh, from, from Chelsea's down on 116th and, uh, okay. and Detroit. So that's the best I could do uh, after Dan didn't have an extra one and Phil had sold all his last year. Yeah, mine are all just mine. I actually gave mine away. So, so um, do you know why Scotsmen wear kilts? That's because that's because sheep can hear zippers a mile away. <laughs> that's it. And 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 what do you what do you call a uh, a sheep uh, chained to the post in the middle of Aberdeen? I don't know. A they, leisure I, a leisure I, center. Oh, <laughs> all right, folks. I'm here all week. Try the so, haggis. 
Um, talk for a second about the latest uh, moto stories with uh, Johnny Mac, because that's fantastic. I watched the last one that dropped. I'm very, very happy about that. That's freaking cool. It ended Thank up you. like, yeah, John killed it. I, I was ill-prepared. Like, the, everything, it's, for me, it looks okay. It sounds like shit, but, like, whatever. But, like, people are digging it. I'd like a, I'd like a higher camera angle next time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got we to do it better. We got to set it up. Also, we have to set up. So, as much as people have enjoyed John's thing, they're like, where's Phil's stories? I'm like, okay, we're bringing them. Like, he was on vacation for fucking two weeks. We have fucking break. Jesus Christ. Like, you think these people were paying for this stuff, man? Dancing and doing stuff. But no, John killed it. Like, we have we have two more coming. So John responded to two more guys. I'm going to drop them probably right. one, one in the beginning of middle of the week and then one at the end of the week. Um, and they're a little more in-depth. So we got those two. Um, and then we got to shoot another. We got to shoot something with you. We got to get your uh, – your 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 island recap and all the other stuff going too. So. I say we start charging them about twenty bucks a month. It'll shut them right the fuck up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just it'll it'll well, really. Guy, feel- this was awesome. The guy was like, this one guy was like, enough with the tips and how about some more stories? Right, because that's what I want. And I said, well, a bunch of other people wanted the tips, so right. I'm like, we're filling them. But like, obviously, we're gonna get back to the stories. He's like, okay, great. And I was like, and how much did you pay to fucking, you know, thing? He was like, point taken. That was it. He was done. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Your voice gets louder when you become a Patreon member at the $20 a month level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also, so I'm, I'm figuring this out. So right now, with the way things are going, since we've monetized, we just broke $41 on the, uh, the Moto Stories uh, bankroll. So I figure if we continue this way, we'll be able to at least buy some beer for Mid-Ohio. Right. Exactly. It's going to be set. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely yep. set. Yep. Yeah. Well, or, if some, we do... or some screws for those, uh, those yeah. ice bikes. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, those screws are not cheap. I got to remind you. You think a th- you look at the damn thing and you swear to God, it is just a screw. There's nothing that fancy about it. You look at it, you're like, that. This is, I can get these at the hardware store. This is a hex head sheet metal screw. You ever put a furnace in in your life, you've dealt with a bunch of these things, right? But they're a little different, but they're not cheap, dude. Uh, it's, it's similar in cost to a uh, 22 long rifle. So if you can put oh. that in perspective. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So, you wow. know, yeah, it's about it's about the about the same price point. So, the uh good to know. Well, and you walked away when me and John were talking, but if you can finish up your bike, we could try a race tomorrow if you got two bikes with studs. Yeah. Because the ice is thick enough. Now's the time to do it if you want to try it. Bring those fuckers out tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I'm absolutely not worried about the thickness of the ice. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about falling down on the ice and breaking my fucking hip. Oh, no, so, uh, I have two elbows now because of it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So tonight I'll probably have a fashion show, or tomorrow morning I'll have a fashion show of coming out in full Michelin Man regalia to make it's sure that as, as little of me hits the ground as humanly possible. Like, I was like, when we got on the ice, I'm like, worst case scenario, I fall over. And, if, and you're on a mini bike, so you're only right. falling a foot and a half. Still hurts. It still hurts really, really fucking bad. That ice is hard as shit, dude. There ain't no fucking question about it's, it, man. It's fucking ice, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's what happens to water when it gets too cold. Yeah. The uh, 
Merritt has snowboard pants that have built-in ass armor. Like, I mean, left ass, right ass, and Main Street. Uh, so that should she, keep you out of there, dude. <laughs> the uh, but I I'll probably borrow those. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yeah, not the worst idea. And then I've got a I've got an armored uh, an armored shirt that'll give me the elbow protection I I so desperately want. And yeah, then this way, if I next tomorrow, if we actually do that, or you guys come over to do yeah. it, I'm gonna pull out my mesh summer. Uh, jacket and put it over everything that has the fucking arm guards in the shoulder. Guard. Yeah, good idea. Put That's it under you, or over. If you have something on this part of your arms and your yeah. hips, those are the two areas that really kind of smack when you fall. So hip Absolutely. armor and, and elbow armor, and you'll be fucking set. Yeah, right? I've I've got my impact rigged uh, down mm. the basement. I can put that on and uh, wear my uh, <laughs> wear my riding suit from uh, what do you call it up there in Minnesota, Duluth. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing well, that of I, course, I did... you know, anybody who wants to ride my bike can ride it too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's what we had said. If we get two of them studded up, right, then we can do heat. Take it out for home. You know. Yep. Yeah. Go out and have fun on it. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I was thinking about the idea of maybe altering the ice to make the ice softer, but I think nature will probably take care of that around March. Well, I, well yeah. so I think I think about five or six laps with screwed tires, and you're going to have a different surface. I think you're right. You're going to have yeah. a nice chewed up, kind of meaty, grippy surface, man. It's, it's well, the one end, the one end of the pond is a di- definitely a different surface. Like it, 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 it was like, well, yeah, but I mean, even without doing the donuts, that one end of the pond is rougher. It's not as it's not as polished. And because I, I, because when I try to do donuts down there, I would catch an edge and I want to flip over. Like, oh, shit. Started getting, yeah, like, yeah. you know why? Because I think when it was freezing, that's where the wind comes from. So I think that was riffling the water a little bit. All right. All right. So, Cinch, Cinch, you got to go out and get yourself a fucking Zamboni. So at least we can, you know, smooth this out. <laughs> No, I think we need the no, opposite of a Zamboni. You know, all you, you, get, all you gotta do is John just has to do donuts with the fucking snowmobile, and it's a Zamboni as fuck. It yeah. was so smooth where you did the donuts, you could not walk on it. You couldn't even stand on it. Like it was like fucking like ice. It was, well, it was beyond ice. It was fucking like ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Zamboni like ice. Jones. <laughs> it was like fucking ice. It was like fucking ice, man. <laughs> it was, but it was fucking. It was crazy how slick it is. I predict fucking very short- icy and everything. It's all yeah. fucking icy and shit. I predict in a very short period of time we're going to be dragging strange objects behind these vehicles. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. We have we have. Well, a- I was already looking at all kinds of blow up toys and stuff. <laughs> I had this one. I called on this one. It was a UFO, and it was like you could stand up in it like a chariot or sit down, and it was like, really? oh, but I missed it. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, oh, well, that's it's cool. called the wake the wake rider. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Well, and also, if you guys actually do come tomorrow, I think what I'll do is I'll drag all the boxes from our move out. We can have a 50-foot bonfire of boxes, too. It's a good idea, too. Yeah, yeah. we got that, too. I like everything about these ideas. So, yeah, who knows? We may never actually start the bikes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a a little antifreeze, a nice nice cocktail, maybe a good Mm -hmm. fire. Yeah. So, so I'm bringing my van. I'm going to have two bikes in it. I'll have a, a couch I can take out of it or, or seats I can take out of it. And then 
I'm bringing my little heater thing, so whatever. Yeah. No, we'll be good. Be good. Well, so uh, I know we talked a little bit, but like, so at the aim thing that nobody went to, was there anything that was mind blowing that you've seen or heard or anything? Yes. Two, two things that I think absolutely need to be reported. The first thing is, um, had I gone to the AIM Expo, I know people that went there that took their riding gear and whatnot for all the motorcycle test rides and stuff. Because you guys have been to the AIM that we had in Columbus. Yeah. I rode everything. I rode the Gold Wings. I rode all the bikes. I rode the, the Smart Pillion, the Sharp Pillion, the Vit Pillion, all of them. I rode them all. And in uh, that AIM Expo in Columbus, you could ride everything there was. They had those weird three-wheeled cars there, those little roadster cars. Very cool, like Falklands or whatever the hell they are. Yeah. But, the, uh, but anyway, I guess at this AIM Expo, they had no test riding whatsoever. Hmm. And also, hmm. they had some flat track racing that was scheduled to happen, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday night. Some flat track racing that apparently also did not happen whatsoever. Hmm. So uh, I'm going to let you guys listen to the Misfits podcast because Liza had a nonplussed experience with the 100 most important women in motorcycling, uh, their symposium that doesn't sound like it was the crowd pleaser everyone was expecting. Hmm. So I, I'll let her cover that. That's her thing. That's that's her jam. But uh, yeah, I've heard it from a few different people that maybe it wasn't to die for or maybe yeah. to COVID for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So ultimately, Chris, remember we talking about this a couple of weeks ago. It's like when we like the idea of going to the AIM show and going to the gun show and everything else. And I was like, I, it took me, it, it was a fucking battle, man. I felt like shit. Liza called me uh, 10 o'clock our time, seven o'clock their time. Like, where the fuck are you? You know, are you at the airport? Did you land yet? What's the shit? And I was like, no, I didn't come. I'm not there. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to think that they were saddened by that. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to think that took some wind out of their sails. So, well, uh, but there, like, as much as we're trying to adhere to COVID protocol and stuff, yeah. they're like a thousand times more adamant about everything. So I can't believe that she actually went to that show. Like, to me, that yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably have an intricate system of like, you know, John blows on Jim and Jim blows on Liza and that keeps the COVID from landing on any of them. I'm sure that Liza has a well-organized system for not getting COVID and fuck COVID. You know, it's Liza. Liza's going to tell COVID where to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think COVID has a chance. So Liza had little like her COVID fucking molecule or whatever. Just had yeah. little pink dildos instead of spikes. Got a little dicks on little rubber dick stuck to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I get that. The, uh, so yeah, I, again, I'm not glad, I'm not sad. I didn't go. The universe looked out for me. I was able to cancel my ticket for no money and cancel my hotel for no money. Beautiful. So, great. Fucking awesome. Beautiful. Go next year. Yeah. 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 So, no reason right. to, no reason to rush into it. So it's January. Well, almost end of January, new year. Um, what, with the shop, are you starting to have to think about ordering things? Like what, yeah. what is your, what is the process going on with the shop right now? We're doing our, the biggest order that we have to make, of course, is through Piaggio, you know, Piaggio Group America. That's Piaggio is uh, Piaggio's, Vespa's, Aprilia's and Moto Guzzi's. Um, we're considering bringing Moto Guzzi back. We're in talks right now. We're in negotiations on that at the shop at the moment, because we are considering wow. bringing Guzzi back. So, 
That would be very bad I want my, for wallet. I want my Gucci back, Gucci back, Gucci yeah. back. <laughs> I totally want my Gucci back, Gucci back, Gucci back. <laughs> where's, yeah, the, so, where's the closest Gucci dealer around here? Cincinnati. Yeah. So that's close. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been sending, I mean, that's our friend. So that's Enzo Miller. And he's a fucking great guy. Like, you talk about two dealers um, I respect and worship everything he does. He does a fantastic job. I have no problem sending customers to him. He uh, he's never he's never let me down, not once ever. So um, I don't have a problem with that. But having one dealer in the entire goddamn state of Ohio, and it's in Cincinnati, it's not enough. And uh, so we've given it a cooling off period. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I did. Uh, you know. 168 Vespas last year. So we did, I think the shop, we did 428 bikes. Nice. So for, 428 beats our previous record of uh, 399 year of our Lord, 2009. Uh, blessed be almighty high gas prices. And, yeah. and very, very easy credit terms. Credit terms so easy, it totally changed the whole credit market and the housing market for the entire country. But uh, so yeah. is, Moto, is Moto Guzzi approaching you or are you approaching them or? Well, it's, this is a game of what they call that a Mexican standoff, right? Yeah. Uh, so the deal is all anyone has to do if they want to be a Moto Guzzi dealer is to have a half a million dollar line of credit with Wells Fargo to have an established motorcycle dealership. Uh, and to order probably something on the line of 60 bikes. Ooh. That's all. I don't like that. That's a lot of bikes, man. It's a lot of fucking bikes. Do they yeah. tell you what kind of like, it's like, I know you told me about like Vespa, like if Sleepy. you want to get this, this, and this, you have to take like the 50 CC ones that you know aren't going to sell. So do they make you take a bunch of shit that you can't actually sell. You could order 60 bikes that you, and, and remember, <laughs> you're forecasting what you're going to sell in December in January. Right. So you have to have a 12 month crystal ball, but then if they decide in March that they need you to have the purple V seven, because that's representative stock. Then even if you've already ordered 60 bikes, they're sending you a purple V seven. I'll what take if, it. What if you needed, what if like, because of the area you needed like 10, the the eighty the eighty TT eighty fives or whatever the fuck they're called the adventure right. bikes. Can you yeah. get ten of those or are they do they break do they make you take two of these ten of those five of There's those? There's going to be what they call representative stocks. There's going to be representative stocks. So you're going to have to take two of these and two of these and two of these and two of these and two of these. Like that's the way they work. the The weirdest thing is this is the one that drives people crazy. In the state of Ohio, forty nine cc bikes are just fucking useless. I mean. There's no reason anybody would have to buy a 49cc bike because in other states, you can ride it without a license. You can ride it without insurance. And it's a tourist thing, so the roads don't go over 25 miles anyway. So, okay, great. Um, but in Ohio, you need insurance and you need a full motorcycle endorsement. And all of our roads are 35 miles an hour or over. So a 49cc bike in Ohio is unfucking sellable now, it'd be unsellable if it was $1,199. Imagine if it's $4,500. Yeah. And that's the situation is they're making me take as many 49cc Vespas as they're making the guys in Miami take 
49cc Vespas. And that's the bullshit. That's what's unfair is because it's just one of those situations. It's like, it's as if they made the Home Depot in Miami, Florida, take 200 snowblowers. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, can you, <laughs> right. can you call, like, you have friends at a, a dealership down there and you're like, hey, listen, I know you guys can sell these. I'll give you six of these fucking 50 cc's and you give me three of the one fifth or whatever like can you do that or no no oh my god that's stupid yeah Yeah, it is it's it's insanely stupid um it's epically stupid but uh there's every year there's a battle with piaggio piaggio is legendary for having battles with their dealers so we're going through our battle that we're going to go through with piaggio this year so we'll see how that shakes out Mm -hmm. and how that shakes out will have a lot of bearing on whether or not we decide to take moto guzzi back so, yeah, I hope you do, because there's a couple of Gootsies I'd like to get, you know, like, not, yeah, me too. Not, yeah, yeah, me too. There's a couple of Gootsies I'd like to spend some time riding. Yeah. Um, the problem right now is Piaggio seems to have misplaced about $60,000 of mine. Oh. So uh, <laughs> they can't find it. They don't know where it went. I mean, that know. happens. I mean, I do it all the time. Yeah. Right. I reach in my wallet. I'm like, fuck, 60 grand. Yeah. I had it yesterday. I don't know. Yeah, not me. <laughs> so uh i yeah. know where my 12 dollars is yeah exactly I, I, I so, was so right now that's a problem that we're thinking about like do we really want to get deeper in when that's the reason we let moto guzzi go for the, the very first time was uh creative yeah. accounting creative principles of accounting you know wow yeah so that's all the stuff like that most people don't know about like when they get mad at dealers for charging right. this or that they don't know how much bullshit you guys have to do to put up with you know, all that kind of shit, you know, it starts with, it starts with a 14% profit margin. So you'd start with that. And then remember that if your bikes are on the floor for more than 90 days or 120 days, you might be paying, you know, eight, 10, 12% interest on those bikes. So your 14% profit margin goes away pretty fucking quick. Uh, so yeah, and running a dealership, company. not fucking fun. I mean, it's, it's, it, you gotta be fast. I mean, you gotta have your hustle on, like you gotta move, move, move all the time. Do these, are these companies aware of like, like regional climate, like, do they know that Phil at Cleveland Moto has winter? Like, I mean, seriously, like, no, they don't, they don't care, huh? Yeah. You want to know what our market share was for Piaggio? Mm-mm. I mean, yes, 100, I 108%. Wow. So that shouldn't exist. Like you shouldn't be able to be 108% of anything. There's just no way that that shouldn't happen under any circumstances. But yet we're 108%. Like our market share in Cleveland is 108%. Go figure, man. So of the entire, you know, motor scooter segment that is being sold in Cleveland, we're selling 108% of it. Wow. That's great. You think that that would earn me a giant slice of leave me the fuck alone, but it doesn't. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So you'd think I'd have like Kevlar underpants at this point, but I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> well, if you yeah. did, you want to bring them tomorrow, that'd be better. No, they're, they're right up on my dick all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's just a hundred percent goofy. Yeah. So, hey, so I-, I have a new candidate in case we did want to do the um, sleepy cinch Memorial rod and gun club. Yeah. Maybe we wouldn't call it Memorial. Uh, maybe we could just call it the Sleepy Cinch Rod and Gun Club. Yeah, I, I, I prefer not to be dead if that's an option. So here's a little tip I bet you didn't know. Yeah. Our friend Stefan Wass yeah. from Porco yeah. would love to come and help us relocate some uh, uh, clay birds. Oh, excellent. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really exciting. Yep. Yeah. So I know John's got his trap. 
I know I've yep. got at least one hand trap, you know, or maybe more. Uh, and and I still have. Said, if we're shooting anything, he's got his his dad is an NRA instructor, and they oh, have every possible launching device and fucking yeah. whatever. And if anybody wants to shoot high power shit, they have a whole fucking like sand dump fucking uh, thing where you can shoot fucking fifty cal into it and it doesn't do anything. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Okay. All right. There's that. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm, so you are looking for a, a 12 gauge yep. bird gun. Right? I definitely want a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Stefan is looking for a 12 gauge bird gun as well, because when I told him the idea of going out and breaking birds, he said he was going to bring his judge. Huh. Nice. <laughs> I'll do it. I want to try that. There's <laughs> one person here that knows what a judge is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I have a 410 bolt action that I was shooting with one hand. What? It was actually surprisingly not bad. Oh, really? Because it's, it's so small, and it was like you could just like a one-handed pow. <laughs> the fact that it's a bolt action is hilarious. Yeah, three-round magazine, <laughs> three-round magazine bolt action for a four ten shotgun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's yeah, I, what's I, the I, status? What's the status with the ammunition these days? You know, because I can't find any thirty thirty. Yeah. Or six or seven point six two or six point five. So that's gonna be hard to get. Thanks, so. Obama. Sorry. <laughs> um what I've learned uh, you can still get number six and number seven shot pretty cheap and pretty easy. So for, for shooting clay birds, you're fine. That's that's not a problem. Uh it's not it's not even expensive. Uh but yeah, some of the other stuff it's it's pretty fucking pricey right now. So well, what about our Patreons? Can't they uh, skip the $20 and send us a couple of uh, cases yeah. of uh, 3030 or something? Yeah, like that? I'm sure they've just got that shit hanging around. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they do. Yeah, so some federal core locked, you know, just hanging around from the 60s or 70s. You yeah. ship that out. Yeah. Why do you, are you leaving for 3030 ammo? Are you going out to hunt deer? Uh, I, just, just targets. Yeah, just, you just have a 3030 hanging around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. That is the thing right now where it's like you want to be a gun guy. You want to get into guns and have fun with guns. The problem with being a gun guy right now is it is cheaper to buy a gun than it is to buy the gas you put in the gun. Yeah. And that's the problem. Speaking of guns, did you guys see the police report from Ravenna? They had a fucking ATF, FBI fucking uh, sting operation where some like felon dude – um, was known to have weapons and stuff. Yeah. So they ended up confiscating like fucking like 75 different fucking guns and like all this shit. But the best part of the whole thing was the comment section. So like this guy was a gun fag, but he was like, but he was doing it wrong. So all these dudes are commenting like, who the hell puts a bipod on a fucking pistol one pen? Like, and so like they were tearing apart instead of being upset about the fucking up thing. Or they, they were all judging the guy's weapons and like dig, dogging all the accessories that they had on all this stuff. <laughs> it was look, it's not that he got caught. It's right. not that he got 75 guns confiscated. It's not that he probably had a felony on his report card and he's not allowed to have any guns. Right. It's none of that stuff. Nope. It's that his guns were dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't put guns. a bipod on that fucking gun. Who the fuck? No wonder he got caught. He's an idiot. Like, oh, I've got some really stupid optics on top of like AK forty sevens. That there, there's no way those optics should be on top of that thing. There's just no way. It's like a one shot and done kind of optic. 
right, um, right. on top of an AK-47. Because when AK-47 fires, it's just chaos. Like, there's no two pieces of the gun that match each other. And when you fire them, they all just kind of clankety-clank all over the place. And anything you have resembling optics just gets the ride of its life. <laughs> you got the so, shit where, like, you're telling your buddy, like, one click because the wind yeah. changed direction. But meanwhile, yeah. it's like, no. <laughs> no way. Uh-uh. No, no. no, it's the, the optics on an AK are just hold it up over the berm and go. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just drop, you know, dump the mag and pop your head up and see where they went. And yeah. then get back down again and load another mag. Yeah. yeah right. You don't need optics. It's not meant for that. <laughs> but but it is fun. I mean it's silly. So yeah, I yeah, I'd like to do I'd like to do more of that. But I feel like the ammo that I purchased two years ago now that is now aged, you know, it's it's now getting to be vintage. You got yeah. seasoned um, ammo. You need that. Well, I've been keeping it on a boat at sea. <laughs> For the record, for in the record, bourbon, man, in, in no, moonshiners proved the fact that fucking putting booze on a boat is makes it way better. It ages <sighs> five times as fast. So my fucking thing about liking the whiskey on the fucking boat holds up. Thank you. Or you much. have a pun. Oh, you now, can prove is that it costs more, dude. <laughs> The, they say that the air temperature changing drastically, the salt content in the air, and the constant rocking of the boat helps the fucking liquor soak up the fucking barrel juice. All the fucking burnt shards and all that stuff. Who told you, who told you that? It yeah, was most moonshiners, man. <laughs> most people don't believe that, though. Only Cinch believes that shit. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Dude. You put some fucking whiskey on a boat, and it's fucking better, man. Look, he's got the boat whiskey. Hell yeah. No, it's not boat whiskey. No. <laughs> no, I can't read it. Hell you, Matt. No, but this tastes good than the, the original way. <laughs> no boats are required. Well, it tastes better if it was on a boat. So just think of that. <laughs> well, there's no you salt water. Or what? There's no salt water in Kentucky. Well, <laughs> that's why they've been doing it wrong for fucking 200 years. Yeah. You fucking put them on boats. <laughs> well you've got a pond now dude so just i am put, i'm gonna put a fucking barrel and float that shit for fucking all yeah stuff, put a little put a little boat out get yourself a little rowboat put it out in the middle of the pond tie well, a rope to one end my neighbor rocked the shit out of it my neighbor yeah. makes moonshine he gave me a little bit of moonshine so if he gives me a big jar of it then i'll boat age it on my fucking pond on a quarter scale fucking sloop and i'll have that bitch anchored and just float in there yeah. <laughs> a quarter scale sloop <laughs> well, you you need to get a an oak cask the size of a mason jar too. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's the quarter really tiny cask. Oak cask. <laughs> it's all coming together. It's all coming together. You know, one of our favorite bartenders is named. You know, you guys all know John Bernard, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. you all know John. Well, we just made this trip. We made this pilgrimage up to Max's South Seas Tiki Hideaway, right? In Grand mm-hmm. Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids, yeah. Very cool. And so we all have to go there at some point because it's undoubtedly, it's not just the best tiki bar I've been to in my life. It's the best four tiki bars I've been to in my life mm. um, because it's insane. They made so much money with Hopcat that they can afford to lose a lot of money on this tiki bar. And I'm going to help them. So uh, we went up there, but we discovered that we've just got it wrong. John Bernard is St. Bernard. 
he needs to have a, a, a bourbon barrel, a brandy barrel on a neck chain, <laughs> like Flav of Flav. Yeah. And then just like the old Warner Brothers cartoon, just stop somewhere and it folds in half and there's a little bar inside. He just does a little shaker thing and it's all built inside the folding rum barrel. I love it. And we're going to make him wear that on a gold chain around his neck yeah. and he can be St. John Bernard. Nice. Yeah. Oh, hey. Um, so, I mean, this doesn't apply to most of the people watching the podcast and certainly not any of us. Right. But, um, so Hofford. However. Well, no, but so Hofford destroyed my wife and she doesn't drink anymore because she went to New York and he destroyed her. So she quit drinking. So he hasn't <laughs> drank in a year and she got all her something. So Porco now offers all their cocktails in a non-alcoholic yes. version, but he has sourced all this shit. So they taste the same. Yes, so exactly. She, now she was super excited. And so now we can go on a date night and go and she can actually get something completely enjoyable or whatever. Right. And, and I can get hammered and then she can drive home. Yeah. They have done, Porco has done an amazing job since uh, Stefan's gone sober. They've done a great job of sourcing in non-alcoholic versions of all of our standard boozes. So yeah. um, they can build most of their menu in a non-alcoholic uh, version of it. So well, well, they can also they can also do uh, vegan and uh, gluten free, right? But but the thing is, is when you think of a tiki bar, I'm bullshitting you. No, no, he can't. Stefan's always been vegan friendly. But like, but what I'm saying is, is that like you know, like a tiki bar is known for fucking booze and getting whatever. This opens it up for a lot of people that like really wanted that experience, but were afraid to go and try to ask. And like, you can't get the real thing. You have to get some shitty, like, here's your Shirley Temple or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and now you don't have to. That's really, really fucking cool. That is cool. So, so Phil, for the, uh, for the trip up to uh, Grand Rapids, I think you need to reacquire the, uh, the bus. No, I have the van. So the van can hold up to 12 people more if you take all the seats out. And uh, so <laughs> can we just lay in the back like logs or what? <laughs> we, brought, we brought back easily 2000 pounds of tiki wood. Like these things were all eight feet long and all, you know, 24 inches in diameter. And we just kept loading it into the van and the van rode so nice the whole way back from Grand Rapids. Cause I mean, it's a three E350. It's a fucking big ass van. We so it was so nice. Just fucking floating on that fucking bullshit. 75. You couldn't feel it. It didn't exist. It was great. Yeah. So, uh, the cool thing about this particular place is, uh, where the bar is Grand Rapids. Uh, it is the commercial furniture capital of America, by the way, look it up. The, uh, or industrial furniture, industrial furniture, capital of America. The, uh, but what the hell is industrial furniture? That metal shit that they had at the uh, office where you got recruited. <laughs> where they didn't hire me? The very cold, <laughs> the very cold desk they made you lean over. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, those are those metal or or Aramco chairs from the '60s that the chair fell over and break your foot off. Yeah, with the big wheels on the bottoms. But um, so right next to this place, there is a, a bar called Stella that is amazing so uh and this place is two levels with three independently interesting bars inside of there and an amazing food me menu so um we gotta take it it's a i mean it's it's yeah. a schlep it's five hours away from my house but um that being said road trip uh yeah go out there and go check the place out there's a marriott hotel stumbling distance away 
So, well, you know, throw it on the calendar. Let's do that's it. That's what I'm saying. That's a, that's an overnight. So the guys at Porco are already, we're trying to pick a weekend kind of thing. So if you don't want to do um, an us trip and you want to get in on a Porco trip, um, if you can summarily prove that you're not infected with something, <laughs> rock on, you know? I'm Dick clean, baby. I'm clean. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, I just went to Home Depot. So, yeah. I don't know, man. Smith and Dan were out with their shorts off last night, you know, as we talked before. So we don't know, but they were whoring around last night. We got to find they out. They don't have COVID. They have low bid. It's something you get just from the waist yeah, down. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. They picked yeah. a good night to wear fucking kilts, though. It was like negative four last yeah, night. Sure. Perfect night for kilts. So, Dano, how, how late did you guys stay there, you and, and Andy? It wasn't that late. Okay. I, mean, I, that, think I, I think I was home by 1030 or so. Oh, geez. Yeah, I, I left early, but I was driving. So uh, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't quite imbibe with the, uh, the level of uh, Kromke and uh, Vikram. <laughs> well, Diane was nice enough to drop to drop me off and pick me up and uh, we gave Andy a ride home too. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. He was kind of like, he's like, no, I'm, I got to stop. I'm done with the whiskey. And then five minutes later, he's like, give me some more whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a hell of a good, uh, good bottle that uh, turned up there over in the corner. I don't know how it got the hell in there, but that, I thought it had it a just, nice little peat profile. Just fell into it. my backpack. Yeah. The Glen, was that the Glen Gooley 12? No, that, I had a bottle of uh, Lock Lamond 18. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So thank so, you for that, young man. This the Tiki Mug stuff. So I saw a post the other day where it's a limited edition um, Devo, Devo Power Helmet Tiki Skull Mug. And it yeah, was, it was done for the Beachland for something, and then it didn't happen. And oh wow! So they were selling them, but each one is two hundred and fucking forty dollars or something for these. Yeah, that's about par. So to kind of bring you into speed on this, um, this one that I got. Um, so this is uh, this is a thing called a frigate bird. A frigate bird is a a type of bird, and uh, so this is from Max's South Seas, but um, this is from a tiki bar that closed. And this is the bird that was out on the top of the tiki bar uh, in at the Kona Kai in Philadelphia. Okay. And Max, uh, they're set up at Max's in Grand Rapids to do all their own tiki mugs using a 3D printer, resin 3D printer, and uh, and scanner. So their their time to production is very short. But they're not making them in China where labor is 18 cents an hour. They're right. making them in Grand Rapids. And so this big bastard right here, and this is a big bastard uh is two hundred dollars so that gives you an idea and so it's not uncommon for these really short really limited runs to be real expensive and uh a lot of work does go into it and what i like you to check out on the bottom of this one is kind of special i don't know if you can see that but it says it's one of one so that kind of gives you an idea of the rarity of this particular mug so this was a test and uh so having mugs that are one of 500 is pretty cool but that one's one of one so uh i when we were there and stefan's buying the world out of this guy i said you know i don't really buy tiki mugs anymore unless i drink out of them or i have a story to tell about it and 
pretty good story coming here and seeing your entire collection and buying parts of it. And uh, I said, so pick me out a tiki mug that you think has the best story to it. And I let the, I let Mark go crazy. And he went and he's like, well, this is the one because literally there's one of these. So uh, it was great. So really cool mug to have one of one. So that's yeah, pretty that's neat. Cool. That's really uh, and in my collection, there aren't too many mugs that I have that are one of one. So it's uh, Did you that's a tough any, one. Did you bring any back from the islands? No, we didn't. So uh, we didn't find a single tiki mug on the island that we were fond of. What we did bring back was these big plastic daiquiri glasses, uh, <laughs> like hurricane glasses from the mountaintop, which is where they do the banana daiquiris. Yeah. And they're just so cheesy. I mean, they come in like one of 47 different colors and they're plastic. They're virtually indestructible. But because we're on the motorcycle for the whole fucking time, I didn't want to carry around a tiki mug in my you know, pack. And meanwhile, tiki there on the islands is just kind of like, oh, well, I guess they're all tiki bars uh, because that's the prevailing wind is just blowing uh, uh, painkillers, you know, across right. from the British Virgin Islands. So, yeah. Tiki there is, you, you, you don't want to go there and be like a tiki uh, aficionado. You don't want to be a tiki purist if there is such a thing. Um, it's better to just be a, a sloppy drunk and you'll you'll get more out of it. You know, <laughs> turn off the Don Ho, turn on the Kenny Chesney and you'll be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so what did, uh, what did you find out? You got to ride, what, the KLX 300 after you turned in the shitty scooters, right? Yeah, yeah. The, we, we, again, we're, we'll say it. The bike should be called the KL Excellent. It is fantastic. It was the 300, right? The newer 300 CC, the KL Excellent. It is just fucking great. We'll do more. We'll do a deep dive into it. Maybe we'll get Merit there. That would be the best. Yeah, we'll do the motor stories with that. That'd be great. Yeah, we'll yeah. do a, a motor stories with, with Dr. Waters uh, because it's she had the back seat. So she got to see a lot of stuff I didn't see. Yeah. And uh, and she also kept me from dying on nine occasions where she went left, 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 because you have to drive on the left side of the road there. Oh, yeah. So sometimes we'd come out of a place and I would just instinctively, even in parking lots, I'd be on the right hand side. I'd be favoring the right. And it's just it's easy to just slip up. It's easy to forget. Yeah, and I found it really easy to do. Like if you have to stop and turn around and go the other direction, you immediately go to the wrong side of the road. Yeah. Oh, you turn. Fuck yeah. yeah, Dan. A U-turn is like guaranteed. I'm coming across the line and I'm going to be the wrong way at traffic on a U-turn. I missed my spot. Okay, let me take care. Let me do this real quick. Yeah, right up on the wrong side of the road. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little goofy. So, but it's, uh, but that bike, no shit. Like, and there's nothing about a KLX 300 that's like groundbreaking there's nothing about it that's, that's special or odd or exotic but it works no. together right right like everything kind of, yeah yeah it's balanced it's balance was just great it not too much power to be like some crazy you know uh ktm type of torquey you know peaky power band that's no fun to ride what this thing was all there? too happy to what's what that part of what part of mecklefresh is that <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> i mean Oh my God! I can't. It's, I can't tell whether it's his mouth or did the, did the phone fall into a fold? Is his wife nearby? What is going on over there? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. That's like some strange Japanese art or something. Yeah. 
I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the best side of the bombardier that we've seen yet. <laughs> I mean, dude, that, that might get us demonetized. That looks like some shit that would be on like fucking reported somewhere or something. Look, it's my it's it's my armpit. <laughs> oh, wait. I guess John is a giant pussy. Look at him. <laughs> Just oh, so man. fluffy. Uh, and shorn like the days, shorn like a fucking goat in April. <laughs> that's the that's the manscape commercial right there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of manscape, <clears throat> so last week on the episode of the righteous uh, gemstones. Gemstones. <laughs> there is a reference. There is a reference to Manscaped, where the Were they John sponsored? Goodman was cutting his his, his nuts all up yeah. <laughs> with the manscaping tool, and I thought, Holy I shit. laughed, I laughed so hard at that episode that I almost puked. That's you how said it's it called gemstones. No, the, the righteous real, gemstones. The righteous gemstones. I don't know what that is yet. It's it's, so, it's Kenny Powers from East Down and Bound or yeah. East Down and Down. Uh, yeah, I know McGuire. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah, he. It's his newest thing. Where okay. they are the whole family of um, like a, a mega church. They are the yes. family that runs yes. a mega church. Okay, right. it's got John evangelical Gary. Christians. Yeah, all evangelical Christians, but they all so they own a compound where every single kid, because all the kids are like 30, 35, and forty, right? Okay, so each one of them has their own mansion on this giant okay. provincial state and stuff, and it is just exactly what you. But the thing is, is it's got John Goodman, it's got the one dude from Workaholics. Like it's the cast is sick. Okay. So they spent some money on the people. Oh, dude, and it yeah. is well. The writing, the writing is very clever, and, okay. and it's a lot of fun. I mean, you watch a couple of episodes. They're into what season two or three? Yeah, this sure. is season two now. Um, the guy, remember the guy from Justified? He's got the yeah. weird name. But he's got Timothy unique. Oliphant. What's that? Timothy Oliphant. Something like that. Like he's just sure. he's got the teeth and whatever. He and, always plays a cowboy. Oh no, you're talking about uh, you're talking about Wade Boggins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wade Goggins. Yeah. Yeah, Goggins. So yeah. they they brought him in Goggins. as a fucking crazy tanned white haired preacher with oversized cool. teeth. I'm sure that's great. I almost pissed myself again, dude. It is fucking brilliant, man. Brilliant, 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 and it's dark. It's dark humor too. It's not. It's not all fucking cherries and happiness. Like that's cool. In the in the first series, it was just kind of like adult humor, but nothing that my daughter would notice or anything. Right, you get so away. She was in the room watching it, and all of a sudden the guy goes to a club and he's in a rubber suit with his dong hanging out, and girls are flicking it. I'm like, you leave the room, leave the room, quick, quick, move, go. Like they get dark quick, pretty interestingly. I don't. Uh, yeah, I. That's for me the off season and we're talking like the TV stuff. But for people who are currently, uh, if you're watching Boba Fett and you don't know what scooters are and you you're not familiar with what you know mods are and that kind of shit. Well, we brought that up last week. That turned into a whole thing on the internet now. It's only gotten deeper. The cuts have only gotten deeper. They are now officially referring to this group of people as like, oh, I've got the mods downtown checking on it. You know, like, so they're using the term, you know, mods as as mods. 
So, uh, yeah, so that's that's very fucking cool. Where do you think that came from? Somebody said that one of the guys from Star Wars has a huge fucking scooter fetish. Well, I mean, George George Lucas has always put scooters in some fascination or some form into his stuff. There's there's been no accident about, you know, Darth Maul and and uh, and, and various different characters who've ridden on scooters uh, in the thing. So, that, I mean, that's that's for real. Um, would you guys like to have a little feedbacks from some of our, our Patreons? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, John Bonesteel, of course, as you, you remember, we love the name John Bonesteel. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about the grilled cheese food cart, which is the $1 grilled cheeses, <laughs> um, her, his wife has come up with a name for the grilled cheese food cart, and he'd like to call the grilled cheese food chart, cart grilled cheese or fuck off. <laughs> Which right. I don't see a problem with that. A $1 grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah, it's a grilled cheese or fuck off. I'm totally okay with that. Yep. No problem. It's, that is perfect. Uh, I, I dig that one a lot. Nick Childs. Uh, so Nick Childs has got a tech question for Sleepy. Oh. Where do you prefer to post the po- podcast audio? And where is it usually most up to date? I have Google Podcasts since it came with my phone, but I noticed it's like three episodes behind and I'm always itching for more episodes. Spotify doesn't appear to be as up to date as YouTube either, but I just want the audio. I can imagine Google probably doesn't make it super easy to post things considering they have had 13 different messaging platforms that have mostly been abandoned. Now, I'm just gonna address that. Um, We use Buzzsprout to host our podcast. And as soon as Sleepy puts up the video, when the video goes up, he shoots me over the MP3 file, and I put the MP3 file up on Buzzsprout. Mm-hmm. So it comes up technically first on YouTube, and then it comes up on Buzzsprout, which feeds out to all of the uh, various podcast platforms. Right. So did you hear about the? Are we? Sorry. So did you hear about the speaker thing? At all? No. Like, not speaker. It's speaker. So supposedly it's a way it's I think it's iHeart or somebody else fucking around and going different and they're trying to make a place to host it. But like, I think it incorporates like a Patreon kind of thing and everything. And it says like, you'll be able to like, it's like, if you want to quit your day job and make your podcast into your reality, Spreaker might be the place to do it. So well, there are 93 million podcasts as of seven minutes ago. Yeah. So, know. Uh, you know, but there's only Everybody one of us, and we're the best at what we do. So, you know, I'm just saying. Fine. Yeah, exactly. But the, the point being is, yeah, people have acknowledged that podcasting is a very viable form. A local politician tried desperately to get us to get him on to endorse his platform. Yeah. Uh, That's so weird. Does he not know that weird. He can't run for political office after being on this podcast? He wants to help. He's running for Congress, but he wants to help or have our podcast be a platform for his ideas that will help him get elected to Congress. Now mm-hmm. I've done some research. I've looked at the guy. I've watched some videos. I listened to his podcast and I absolutely love the guy. I have no problems with what he's doing other than I don't want our podcast to be any more political than it already is. So very little, we don't lose just don't need it. We just don't need politics as, as well. And also I mean, like nobody's coming here to hear our political, they all know we're a bunch of idiots. Nobody, you know, we don't know anything about it. Hey, 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 speak for yourself there. Uh, okay. Slim Jim. Right, Dr. Smith. Sorry. <laughs> so 
Um, if so, also Nick. So after the whole uh, platform thing, he says now he's got an actually interesting question. Mm. He just hit ten thousand miles on that KTM five hundred Supermoto, mm. and he was wondering what to expect when pulling the top end apart for a check. The bike has been wonderful to me, and I figured I owe it a look over. Yeah, you're damn straight you do at 10,000 miles for sure. I bought it with 3,000 miles on it, and I haven't had to adjust the valves just once but, that you know of. They are all still in spec. I change the oil every 1,500 to 2,000 miles with Yamalube 10W40-4T oil since it's like $3 more per gallon than a Rotella. Okay, that's fine. Uh, the main concern I have is that I put the fuel tuner on too late, and it ran dangerously lean for too long without. Although it runs great still, there's quite a few posts on the 501-501 uh, Facebook page of people with 850 hours on their stock motors. He's got 320 on his at 10,000 miles. Three out of five stars, great bike. Uh, so yeah, so you got 10,000 miles on the top end of your KTM 501 or 500 which is, a, I mean, a fantastic motor, no doubt, but it is a high performance engine. And at that point, I would expect, um, unless, like you said, you got the motor at 3000 miles, unless the valves were just done prior to you getting the bike, which is pretty unlikely because remember doing valves is spending money or spending time. And usually people would say, I'm gonna let the next owner enjoy that process. I'm going to sell this bike before I have to embark upon that process for myself. That's why Ducatis are all for sale at like 14,000 miles. 14,000 miles. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. 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 Especially the older ones. Cause they made it, you, you squeak past 10,000 miles and you're like, okay, 10,000, but they probably left a little overage in there. So about 13 or 14,000, that's when you see all those Ducatis being I'm sold. I'm to get rid of it. Yep. Cause they're 4,000 over the valve adjustment interval and people think of it as a ticking time bomb. Right. So yeah, at 10,000 miles, well, the good news is you, it sounds like you checked them. It sounds like you inspected them. So if you inspected them and like you said, they're well within spec. Awesome. That's, that's what you want. Um, if they're within spec, then don't fuck with it. You're, you're good. You're golden. Enjoy it. Ride the bike, check it again in 3000 more miles or 5,000 more miles, whatever you feel comfortable with. Uh, but that motor is a pretty fucking spicy motor. So, um, your oils doesn't matter whether you're using Rotella or Yama Lube or Yama Bond or whatever, you know, you want to use at that point, rock on, you're not going to hurt anything. So that's fine. But, uh, yeah. And your hours are kind of where they should be for your miles. So, uh, it doesn't sound like you're off the beaten path there at all. So it's a good motor. So it's, uh, you know, it's been used in tons of fucking bikes. So uh, it's, that's it's, a good sign. It's weird that KTM has that crossover too of like, like most of the time with most adventure bikes, you're not really talking about hours unless it's a straight right. dirt bike. Sure. Unless it's a street bike. The 690s, yeah. the 501s, the 701s, right. they kind of have that crossover where they have the hour meter and the mileage. Absolutely. It, that is kind of interesting that what you said is that like, if it has 56,000 miles on it, but it only has 400 hours, that motherfucker was flying. <laughs> like you kind of like, absolutely, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think I, I completely agree that uh, that that motor is a good motor. And yeah, if you if you've been checking it rock on, you've got nothing to worry about. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't worry about the miles or about the hours. That's that's fucking badass. As if, uh, I mean, he owns a KTM. And if you own one, you yeah. know, they're high maintenance bikes like you can't neglect a KTM. 
And, and you know, so if, if it's running that nice or something, he must have been he must have been up on his maintenance because they like that's the one thing about KTM's when like if you neglect them, they will fail. They'll fuck. Yes, you. they will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you know that Lies is doing some kind of kooky uh, numbnuts challenge, basically encouraging people to sit on a motorcycle for as long as they can, uh, literally sitting in one place, not riding the bike, just sitting on the bike, hmm. uh, helmet on, uh, center stand if you have one, I guess. And then they're going to do it, and uh, whoever sits on the bike the longest gets $1,000. Um, you could probably sit on a bike for a long time. And apparently, they're, they're going to do things to simulate road conditions, like spray water on you and shit like that. So you might want to have proper gear, even though it's, uh, you know, January. I think they're doing it like January 28th or January 29th. Go to the Misfits to find out. But uh, Matthew Schuler is one of our podcast listeners. And uh, he is going to be doing, uh, we're sponsoring him. So uh, Matthew Schuler is going to be doing the Numb Nuts Challenge is what it's called. Um, I sent Matthew a, a modular helmet. So I sent him a modular helmet, put a ton of fucking Cleveland Moto stickers on it and shit like that. And uh, so he's got that. And he says, uh, got the helmet today. Hell yeah, it fits great. It's perfect for the job at hand. Uh, he vacuumed the hair out, hit it with the Febreze, cleaned the blood off. It was great. And cleaned the snot off the visor. He's ready to rock and roll. Uh, thanks for that and the many stickers. I, I gave him a ton of stickers. And uh, I also said make sure to leave those everywhere in Santa Cruz. Uh, as promised, see below confirmation of my thank you gift to the Greater, Food, Greater Cleveland Food Bank. So he made a contribution. So because I sent him out a helmet for this event, he made a donation to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. How that's fucking great. cool is that? Cool. I mean, that's immense right there. Good for him. Fucking awesome. So yeah, he made a... Uh, he made a donation to the Cleveland food bank on our behalf. Uh, and he, and he's got a, he's wearing a really bitchin helmet. So, uh, I would, uh, very happy. I'm going to post the pictures of him wearing our Cleveland moto former modular helmet. I'll post it up to the, uh, thing. And I put a little right above his head. I put a, some stickers that say fuck knock. So I want to make sure we're representing. So that's a, that'll be a fun one for him. And uh, so, yeah, I'll put some I'll put some pictures of that up in the show notes so people can see it and check it out. And uh, I think that might be it at the moment for current Patreon. We've got some new Patreon members and they're joining at the 10 and 20 dollar level so they can get that kick ass uh, party line. Mm -hmm. And we've been getting some uh, people chiming in on the party line. I brought my phone so we can read our email. Uh, It has been. Our buddy uh, Millersport, our buddy Sean, he has been digging. He's digging the Mandalorian or the the Boba Fett. He's just rocking the shit out of that. Uh, He's absolutely digging the crap out of that. But he's the one who posted up the videos of the dude's ice racing today at Buckeye Lake. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I put some of those videos out, and that looks like fucking fun. They're like flat out fifth gear fucking. Oh, my God. They're hauling ass i mean they they're just on fire uh so the next one i've got is let me see here give me a second uh josh from lebanon pennsylvania so josh has sent us stuff before remember i think josh had the harley davidson at ama vintage days he bombed around and helped everybody kind of tear up tear down their camps and shit oh yeah so super nice guy he says uh you know we were talking about uh, some some fun stuff about pay-to-play features like Tesla does. 
and how Zero is doing pay to play features on their electric motorcycles. And so he writes back uh, after I got back from my vacation, said, sounds like it's cool vacation, but I hope you're back to freezing your ass off like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. I wanted to run a few things by you for when you've got a little time. I've got vacation for the week of vintage days. Oh, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm wondering if you're having a vendor spot this year. And if so, do you need some help setting up that early entrance day? This guy loves to help out at AMA Vintage Days. Uh, vendor spot and campsite. If not, I understand. I'm not sure if I'll be able to transport a bike to or from. So do you have a bike I could rent for the weekend? We probably will. Um, you've talked about using a van for bike transport, full size, or have you used a minivan? Dude, minivans are great. Um, a Dodge Caravan minivan, if you take the, the mirrors off, it'll pull most motorcycles. You can squeeze them in there. They're pretty good. And uh, so one of the things he posted up, he said that he saw somebody selling uh, a 1979 Yamaha 750. And I'm going to hold this up so you guys can see it. But this is the standard triple. So this is a dual overhead cam, three cylinder 750. And you guys, uh, if John were awake right now, he'd be telling you about the one that he got from Wayne or maybe Wayne sold him. But um, this is a bike that's been everywhere. I mean, these things are... They have a bit of a reputation for having a cam problem. They have a bit of a question mark about oil, about lubrication to the cam and stuff like that, which we've heard before. Um, it looks like this guy wants 1895 bucks for it, and it looks straight as hell. It looks dead stock. I mean, everything about the bike looks completely unfucked with. So I got to say, for under 2000 bucks, if you want a triple which a lot of people love triples. I, I like them. I'm pretty fond of them. Um, it's not my favorite bike in the world, but if you want to suffer through owning a Yamaha from the 70s, you know, late 70s as it is, 1979, uh, you could do a hell of a lot worse than this bike. There's there's really, and it's, it's not a square headlight bike, so it's not completely hideous, right? Um, it's a pretty decent bike for 1979. And it's, they go, they go pretty nice. They're very smooth. They're very elegant. I would probably go for the 1100. So, yeah. I mean, I would go, I would hunt around because I've had a few of the XS 1100s with the shaft drive, the disc brakes everywhere. They're heavy as fuck, but they're really good bikes. Yeah. Um, I've had, I've never had a bad XS 1100. I've had a couple of iffy 750 triples, um, just bikes that I, I knew there was something expensive happening in the top end, but the yeah. amount of money I had in the bike really didn't want to make me tear it apart and get into that top end to find out what was going on with it. Yeah. So it is interesting to see that that bike from 1979 is punching at about $2,000 right now. Cause I can tell you two years ago, that bike was punching at about 800 bucks. So that gives you an idea where the market is. So cheers to you. Cool looking bike. I mean, they're, they're neat. They're not ugly. You know, if you got to have a bike from the seventies, that's a, a good one to have. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, and it's 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 not the it's not the most hideous of the things. So yeah, so I thought that was fun. Anybody got anything else? Hey, you want to hear a joke? Always want to hear a joke. So a uh, a woman decides to have a facelift for her birthday, and she spent about five thousand dollars and felt pretty good about the results. <clears throat> On her way home, she stopped at a dress shop to look around, and when she was leaving, she asked the sales clerk. You know, I hope you don't mind me asking, but how old do you think I am? 
about 35, said the clerk. Actually, I'm 47, and she is feeling pretty good. So she left, and after that, she went to McDonald's for lunch and asked the clerk the same question. He replied, I look about 29. Actually, I'm 47, she said, feeling really good. While standing at the bus stop, she asked the old man the same question, he, and he replied, well, look, you know, I'm 85 years old. My eyesight is going. But when I was young, there was a sure way of telling a woman's age. If I put my hand up your skirt, I'll be able to tell you your exact age. Well, there's no one around. The woman kind of shrugged her shoulders and said, what the hell? So she let him slip her hand, his hand up her skirt. After feeling around for a while, the old man says, uh, okay, you're 47. Stunned, she says, that was brilliant. How'd you do that? And the old man says, well, I was behind you at the McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Guys, anybody got anything else? That's it. Okay, watch those episodes of Motor Stories with Unky Phil, or in this case, Johnny Mac. Um, We're going to shoot this up so he doesn't fall asleep on his phone. We got to shoot next week. We got to do some more stories. Yeah, we'll do some more stories. Cinchy boy, get me on those. Come on, man. I got stories. Hey, we are. You've been invited. You did one. The illustrious Mr. Smith did exceptionally well, I might add. He sure did. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's cool. Um, That's it. Hopefully, see you guys all tomorrow, freezing our asses off and having some fun. Yes. All right. Wake up, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>